Welcome to the Women's Pelvic Pain Podcast, your ultimate source of uncensored information on women's pelvic health. In this podcast, you will hear from health practitioners, holistic healers, nutrition experts, and fitness gurus, in addition to people who have or had suffered from chronic pelvic pain, in order to learn and understand everything there is to know about pelvic floor disorders. I'm here to share with you what I've learned in my seven and counting years of personal experience with chronic pelvic pain. Approximately one-third of women suffer from pelvic pain. It's an unspoken epidemic. So many of us have it, yet no one talks about it. However, the mission of this podcast is to break the pelvic pain silence. The conversations are intimate, raw, and completely unedited in order to deliver the most authentic information possible. With education, patience, and the proper tools and techniques, pelvic pain can be overcome. Welcome back to the Women's Pelvic Pain Podcast. Today, um, we are doing a pelvic pain story, and this is the first podcast in LA this week, which is really exciting. And so I will let this amazing woman who drove an hour to tell her story introduce herself. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, I am a 31-year-old Muslim girl in the LA community, or the greater Los area. Angeles area, <laughs> if you want to call it. Um, so I'm happy to be here and share my story and hopefully see how I can help others kind of through this whole process. Definitely. And I'm glad that we connected because we connected through Instagram, which, you know, some people put some shame on the social media world, but I think it's cool that we connected through there and um, I'm really glad that you even though we're keeping this anonymous which is totally fine and doesn't affect the outcome of the people that are listening um, I'm just glad that you were willing to share your story and also because from you know coming from your community where pelvic pain and any kind of I feel like reproductive or women's health issues maybe aren't talked about as much and so I think that bringing awareness to that community and to everyone listening is really helpful yeah definitely um so do you want to start telling us like what when you kind of experienced pelvic pain and for the first time and what what the symptoms were what you felt and how it's affected you um so I have struggled pretty much since college mm -hmm. with pain in general um i never really knew what it was mm -hmm. and then i would go in for my physicals but i would always have problems actually getting a pap smear done yeah um which is actually very common yeah which they don't necessarily tell you that yeah. um the first when i was in college i tried getting it done mm -hmm. at our health center and the nurse there and the doctor were like oh it's okay you're still young right nothing to worry about um you don't even need to get it now you're not sexually active mm -hmm. um and obviously coming from the muslim community for us it's like you don't have sex before marriage right so that was always a question that i got from my appointments um, post-college I would go in for my physicals with my PCP and she would always say um, it's okay we could try it again next time because mm -hmm. um, I would it would always trigger the pain yeah and um, 
And I just thought it was me, you know, you don't really know about it. I talked to a couple of friends and they're like, oh, it is painful, but you get through it. It's not right. that big of a deal. It's minor. But for me, it was always severe pain. When they would try and do yeah. a pap smear. Yeah. And um, the first time my primary care physician tried it, she couldn't even get the pendulum in. Yeah. And it was she too was painful. Like, she's like, we're not even going to try. Right. And so... She was like, we'll try again next year. The second year, I went to try it, and um, same things. Yeah. So I told her, I was like, you know, I'm kind of nearing my mid-20s now, and this is something that's important for me to do. And she's like, you know, we can keep practicing. Like, every time you come in, it's not an issue. You're not sexually active. Because mm-hmm. I was single at that right. time. Um, 2013, I went in. Um, I was going on a big old trip um, Saudi Arabia to perform a pilgrimage, and mm-hmm. I was I decided to go to an OB um, to get some birth control pills just to stop my period during that right. time, and um, I asked for a Pap smear. I said, uh-huh. "Okay, perfect opportunity. They can do it. Right. You know, it's probably the doctor that couldn't do it." And there was a PA there who was a sit-in for my the OB, and she's uh-huh. like, "Well, you're not sexually active, so I don't want to do it for you." Uh-huh. And I pressed back and I said, "Well, I want it done. Like I'm sick and tired of being told no." Mm-hmm. I just, for me, I felt like it was necessary to get it done just to make sure I'm okay, I'm healthy. Right. And she was like, "In my 35 years of being in this profession, I've never had a girl have cervical cancer, so mm-hmm. I'm not inclined to do the pap smear for you. And I'm like, well, I'm requesting it. Mm-hmm. So she's like, well, I will start off with a pelvic exam first. And she's like, I'm just going to stick my finger in you. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, no big deal. She's like, if you pass that test, then we go on to part two. Right. And I was like, okay, cool, cool. And I was mm. super chill. And I was like, it's no big deal. No, that was the worst feeling in the world. She put her pinky in me, literally. Yeah. And I tensed up. Uh-huh. And I, ge- I have anxiety. Right. So in general, my body is tense. Like this was times 10 right and she's like you need to release and the nurse was there too and she's like relax and i was like i'm not relaxing like it, i you just couldn't. can't yeah and she was like well i need to get my finger out and i'm like i'm sorry you have to like figure it out like yeah. i cannot help you right now yeah. and she's like i'm not doing the pap smear for you and i was like i wasn't gonna let you do it anyways because yeah. i was at that point traumatized yeah I was just like, what is happening? Like, you know, why am I in this much pain? And again, you don't think anything of it after that. You're just like, okay, it's because I'm a virgin, you Mm -hmm. know, and you go on about your way. So the year after I went back to my primary care physician, she goes, okay, start using tampons Mm because I wasn't using them. I, as a kid, when you got introduced to like feminine products, you, the first thing you get told about tampons is... What is it tc oh like toxic, toxic shocks and tox- jump yeah yeah and tss that's T- it. Yeah. yeah 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 and then so in my head i'm like i'm not trying to die right so i'm never gonna use them made that vow to myself well now my doctor's like use that because yeah. that's what's gonna help you uh-huh. and i struggled for months uh-huh. for months it was the first time i got a tampon in me it was like victory i cried i texted well, how did my you get sisters it, in you? it I don't know what it was. Yeah. I just felt like relief. Like, I don't know. I guess somehow or another, my body relaxed itself. Yeah. 
I don't know. And because when you tell yourself a lot of times relax, mm-hmm. you're kind of not relaxing. Exactly. Because you're focusing on, okay, I need to relax. So how do I relax my body? And you're asking yourself all these things. It's like a vicious cycle. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, there's no relaxation. But in that moment, it just worked. And I texted my sisters and I was like, oh, my God, you guys, you guys, I got a tampon. <laughs> and it's like the best day ever. And they're like, oh, my God, congratulations. That's like, so funny. Who cares? kind of <laughs> deal. But it was literally a victory yeah. for me. And because it was one step of helping myself right and, and it was something that you were never able to do in the past yeah. yeah and even after that time i still struggled with mm-hmm. it and i went back the following year to do at that point i was like getting engaged right and um the doctor tried it couldn't do a pap smear yeah it was and again you feel defeated because mm-hmm. you're like i failed mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily failure but you just don't they don't question it because every doctor will pretty much think of it as, well, you're a virgin. It's okay. Right. It, it's not a big deal. And they don't question what else it could be. So after I got married, um, I made an appointment with the OB because I struggled with having sex. Mm-hmm. Um, it was constantly painful. Like yeah. if I tried. Yeah. Um, and then you're also then feeling like a failure because you're letting your spouse down. Right. And it's just like, what am I doing wrong? Like, what's wrong with me? You ask yourself all these questions. Mm-hmm. You, I've suffered with depression throughout mm-hmm. the years. So then at that point, it's even more heightened. Right. Um, and you want to feel like that newlywed feeling, but then mm-hmm. you're just kind of like feeling inadequate. Yeah. Because you're not... I didn't feel like I was a newlywed. I didn't. I felt to me, I mean, some till this day, I feel like sex is a task. Right. Because of the pain that's involved with it. Right. Um, so I went and I saw a new OB. Mm-hmm. And she was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal understanding. She listened to me. Um, and she literally, she tried doing the pap smear for me. I because I still hadn't had it yeah. and it was too painful and I was like I can't and she was like well that's when she diagnosed me with vaginismus right I had no clue what that was I had never heard of it um I asked my sisters if they knew and they had no clue what it was mm-hmm. um and then she recommended physical therapy for me um and I was determined not to leave her office until I had my pap smear done right. so I was like please try again uh-huh. and she did and she's like i'll talk you through it like it's on your terms mm-hmm. and i had my first pap smear done That's and amazing. i was like oh my god yeah and what i came to realize was that little ounce of pain if i would have probably sucked it up a little bit mm-hmm. longer and all those other appointments yeah i probably could have had it done but you don't know nobody really describes a process to you no one and it wasn't until her telling me okay you have vaginismus and that's even till now it's like to me i think of it as tightness in my muscles Mm -hmm. and you know part of it is with my anxiety that doesn't help it at all i'm in a high stress work environment so that also doesn't Doesn't help help me out either um so it's a mixture of all these things that are affecting my body negatively right and I'm type A personality and I'm a perfectionist. So right. the thoughts that kind of go through your head and 
she told me she's like the one thing you have to do is just relax yeah that's the number one key so i she gave me medication as well and um because i was going through other stuff Mm -hmm. and i ended up um, going to do physical therapy i had about six to eight sessions and Mm -hmm. i could have extended it but i felt like let me just see how it goes from here um and the physical therapist would essentially like our process was she would massage me Mm -hmm. and then i would do stretches Mm -hmm. like i had different types of stretches that i had to do daily aside from that and um she told me that i had to get dilators right because my muscles were so tight and Mm -hmm. as she was massaging she goes did she she did internal massage no oh external external. yeah 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 and what she had shared with me was that pretty much all her patients within eight sessions had been good after that Mm -hmm. from external massage from external massages Uh and stretches like the stretches did it for them which i was like that's amazing you know i'm gonna get healed you're so excited but on top of that she told me that my pelvic area was all misaligned Mm -hmm. so i suffer from lower back problems i have herniated discs as well so i was like that probably has a trigger with it all and i told her i said well how do you align it back and she goes i can technically do what a chiropractor does but the best thing to do is stretches to get it back in place Mm -hmm. um so that was the major focus for me was stretch right and kind of take it from there do some yoga um i hate yoga (laughs) i don't know how people do yoga yeah um (laughs) i can't i can't sit still for like i know five minutes my cousin says the same thing i try and take her to yoga classes and she's like this is literally the most impossible hour of my life i can't stop my yeah, brain that's from what thinking. she says the same thing. i've i've even tried like apps like headspace mm-hmm. um i mean they tell you re come on regroup stop yeah. your thinking process just breathe and i'm like i don't have time for this mm-hmm. because i'm kind of like on the go all the time so i don't know what it means to just sit and do nothing yeah. essentially yeah and that like i tried yoga once and i just couldn't do it It was like a 20 minute youtube video that i decided to do right and i just couldn't do that so i was like okay i'll keep stretching tried the dilators and it just kind of was like eh, whatever yeah Mm -hmm. and then it was it was just a matter of just keep trying whatever you can at home what ended up happening i was supposed to go in for a follow-up with my ob well Mm -hmm. she decided to change um plans and she went to kaiser and i was on a ppo with her so i was like i'm back to square one like yeah what who do i go to and i also i actually just wanted to say this before but i feel like i was just thinking about the reason that maybe you were able to have a pap smear with her and i feel like because she was so open and like listening to you and made you feel comfortable yeah it actually had a huge effect on the way that she was able to treat you and like the fact that you were actually able to have a pap smear with her because she really made you feel more comfortable than any doctor in the past had yes definitely and it's just interesting how it has such a large effect you what i've learned over the years is how much like i have a brother who's in the medical profession Mm -hmm. and i had this talk with him and i was like you know doctors don't pay attention to females when they come to them and say i have this pain yeah 
it's pretty much always like you're over exaggerating your pain mm-hmm. and it sucks because for me like i've been in and out of different doctors for the last the year alone like yeah. how many chiropractic care visits i get acupuncture done i get so many different treatments mm-hmm. and you spend so much money yeah. it's, do you really think i want to go out of my way to make an appointment wait for it pay you I like know. i mean if i could stop all the pain i would right i can't i feel the same way about me and we get disregarded so much and yeah. it's like i wish you would pay a little bit more attention to me when i talk to you i understand i'm just a number on you know your schedule yeah but at the same time give me that time 100 percent. I, I know and you see that with some doctors and i ended up actually i went to a different primary care physician as well and she's been good about listening as well she um it's still different i feel like it hasn't been the same as the other ob that i've been to yeah but it's comparable Mm -hmm. so which i'm a little bit more comfortable with um i've had my meltdowns with her about oh my god i'm a failure i'm a bad wife like i'm not there for my husband the way i should be when it comes to sexual intimacy i'm like because you hear stories from friends and colleagues and whatever and they're like oh sex is amazing sex is right to me i'm just like it's not it's, yeah it's just it is what it is yeah and they're like it sucks that you think that way of it and half the time i'm not even talking to people about it people say how's it going how's yeah. that and you're like it's great <laughs> you know you put a fake smile right. on your face and, what are you supposed to say you know i don't want to sit here and divulge all my personal secrets yeah. but i feel like it came to a point where like now me doing this podcast mm-hmm you don't hear about this in the muslim community people don't talk about it i like you said we met on instagram Mm. i met um a doctor in new york who's a muslim doctor who specializes in pelvic pain therapy Mm. and she was so helpful in giving me advice yeah and she's so vocal about it because so incredible nobody here talks about it i mean i was at a gathering with friends and i was saying you know it's hard to talk to people about like married life and intimacy and all of that and the response i got was well you have three older sisters i mean i'm sure they've told you everything but no like one of my sisters doesn't know the extent of my situation yeah because we just don't talk about it right you know right and it takes a lot because you're embarrassed half the time you think you're the only one suffering from Mm -hmm. it and I asked my um, the physical therapist. I was like, "Is vaginismus something newly discovered? Like, I've never heard about it before. Like, people don't talk about right. it. Like, and she's like, "No, I've been treating people with this condition for years. Yeah, but it's just now that more doctors are trying are telling their patients mm-hmm. you have this." And she's like, "I'm surprised your primary care physician, based off of the second try of your Pap smear." didn't question anything with you yeah she's like that should have raised a red flag and most doctors are so unfamiliar with any form of pelvic pain and that's like the sad reality of it it doesn't really make any sense at all because you go to medical (laughs) school you assume you learn at least the basics of certain things you know it's really strange and i just felt like in that moment when she said that 
I was really kind of upset. Yeah. Because it's like all these years I could have gotten a jump start on mm-hmm. my therapy. Mm-hmm. I could have done something about it sooner rather than later. And unfortunately, I didn't because the doctor had no clue what was wrong with me. Right. And so I, it was at that point where I was just like, do people know about this? Like sh- I started like I started sharing with friends like I have this condition and I get physical therapy for it. And yes, my sex is painful. Mm-hmm. And because people need to know the reality of it. It's not all like flowers and roses and whatever. Like you think, oh, I get married now, I can have sex, and it's the best thing ever. Yeah. Like, I mean, it is for some people, right. and it can be at some point after you go through the stages of therapy or whatever you need. Yeah. But sometimes you have to go through hardships before mm. you reach that point, and so it took that, and then I recently about a month and a half ago i got diagnosed with vulvar vestibulitis mm-hmm. and some complicated term and i had the to terms Google are it. the worst yeah because then I you know. want to go share it with people and you're just like wait what was the word so i tell my doctors now can you write that down for I me know. like i need to know so i had to find a new ob mm-hmm. and actually my primary care physician recommended this current one that i'm going to which she was on my list of good reviews right of which one am i going to go to because obviously now i'm looking for another great doctor right. i don't want to kind of flip a coin and say hey are you good or not i want to make sure somebody mm-hmm. is tried and tested yeah and she um she tried to i told her i had vaginismus and she's like okay well let me do a pelvic exam for you and she couldn't even get a cotton swab in me mm-hmm. like barely touched and this me, was after and you, you went to the physical therapy yep so the physical therapy didn't it really, really didn't do yeah. anything for me right um and i literally flinched yeah at a minor touch and she was like okay well you have inflammation in your vaginal area mm-hmm. and she did prescribe me some antidepressants mm-hmm. to help me out and she said that might help relax your body right I am very big on, I try not to take medication. I'm the same way. And um, I was prescribed so antidepressants. So I have not taken them. Yeah. Because also, like, I'm looking at side effects. Yeah. And I don't need to be moodier. <laughs> I don't need to be more stressed out. I know it says it's going to yeah. be whatever. I don't want to be groggy. I don't, yeah. you know, I commute a long distance for my job. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, I can't have these side effects if I'm driving an hour and a half each yeah. way to my job. You yeah. Know? Um, on top of that, I just... I want to try home remedies, herbal remedies if I have to, but nothing like crazy. And the other thing she gave me was lidocaine. Mm -hmm. And she told me that um, I needed to increase my dilator usage, Mm -hmm. which for my husband, that was a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, Because for him, it's like, why are you using a dilator? Yeah. You know, like, this is so odd. And I'm like, well, I have to do this for me. Right. This is something like... It's not even about us right now. It's about me to mm-hmm. take care of me. Self-care part of it. Mm-hmm. And um, she told me, like, you literally just have to put the dilator in you and sit and watch a TV show mm-hmm. while it's in you. And she goes, put the lidocaine on there. Put put some lidocaine in your vaginal canal area. And right. just that's... She goes, your one issue is just getting it through the area that's inflamed and you've been doing it i've been pretty good at doing it have you noticed anything or not really um the dilators have helped yeah 
but I'm super uncomfortable. Like yeah. it's just this. It it's hurts taxing. when you're yeah. Does it hurt when you're using them? Um, it so it hurts in the process of getting them in. Right. The lidocaine does help a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lot of pressure, and it yeah. kind of you feel it like gravitate throughout your whole abdominal area. Yeah. And sometimes I compare it to um, when I was seventeen. I had an ovarian cyst. Mm-hmm. So it's I the had one pain too, yeah. from it. So painful. Yeah. So it's like you you feel it all within your abdominal area and then it kind of just settles. Mm-hmm. But when you come to sit down, you're just like have this thing jammed in you yeah. and you're just like, do I have to do this? But I still feel myself because I'm very self-conscious. Uh-huh. I feel myself still tightening up. Right. Like I'm not relaxed. Right. So I struggle with that. When did you know that the pain that you had was not normal? Like, did you know from the beginning or did you think it was normal because the doctors were telling you that it was normal? Um, I figured after a couple tries after I got married of having sex mm-hmm. that I was constantly having excruciating pain. Yeah. That it just, there's got to be more to it. Right. You know, it's, there's no way this is normal. You know, exactly because you hear a lot of people saying, oh, well, we consummated our marriage on the first night or Mm -hmm. we did this or during our honeymoon period. And for me, I'm talking about six months in. Yeah. I'm talking about two years in and I'm still, I don't know. And it's disheartening, you Mm -hmm. know, because you also then think about, well, at some point I want to have children and how yeah. else am I going to have children, you yeah. know? So that's when I started questioning it. I want to say about like six months in, I was just like, well, maybe I should go get checked out because mm-hmm. maybe there's a bigger issue. Right. And that's pretty much what triggered it for me. What did the doctor that you reached out to in New York say? Um, first, she said she was proud of me for yeah. actually looking into and seeking therapy because of the fact that she also comes from a Muslim background. Um, Her name is Dr. Taiba Ahmed. Yeah, she's amazing. She's wonderful. She, I forgot what episode it was, but she, she, we did an episode together. And I did listen to it. Yeah. And it was amazing. Thank On you. one of my very long rides <laughs> home, it was helpful yeah. to listen to something. She's great. And she pretty much, she asked me what my symptoms are. Mm-hmm. She asked me what other doctors have told me. Um, she even told me, if you're ever in New York, come see me. Yeah. And she pretty much said it's hard. Like a lot of people find it difficult, especially from the Muslim community to address these things Mm -hmm. because it's not talked about. You don't, you go into it just maybe now it's more like a modern thing of girls talking about it amongst themselves, but there's still those shy and timid girls who are not going to sit there and tell you I'm struggling, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, you also get embarrassed to share stuff like that with your family. Um, but she was like, to this point, like, I feel like I can go message her and be like, Hey, I'm struggling with this Mm -hmm. and she will help me. She's so nice. She's amazing. She'll share whatever she knows. And she referred me to a physical therapist out in the LA area. Um, because she wasn't aware of who my physical therapist was. So she's like, well, I know this person and they're great. Right. So try to go see them. Um, and again like i was saying earlier sometimes you get very um you get disregarded by other Mm -hmm. physicians and i didn't get that from her yeah so it was very nice and welcoming to do that and 
I do follow her and she shares so much information that you're just like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, this is so eye-opening. Like, why don't we talk about this stuff? Yeah. It's it's pretty sad to me that mm-hmm. we don't discuss this stuff because these are, it's our body, you know? Like, and even outside of your community, but in every other community, no one talks about these issues. And as soon as I started the podcast, I had all of these people reach out to me that I had been friends with years ago saying that they have painful sex, they have this issue, that issue, like all of these problems. And, and once you start to talk about it, you realize how many other people are experiencing the same exact thing as you. But if you don't yeah. talk about it, you'll never know. You never know that all of these people are well, struggling. And some people try to justify and say, yeah, sex is painful, so it's okay. Right. But is it essentially it's supposed to always not, yeah. be painful? Like... I don't think so. It's not, I mean, yeah. I highly doubt it, but... A hundred percent. And also I think what's interesting about pelvic pain is that most gynecologists don't specialize in pelvic pain, so it's actually really hard for them to diagnose you, if it even is possible for them to, to diagnose mm-hmm. you with pelvic pain, because they don't know really somehow, I don't even know how that makes any possible sense, but they don't know what pelvic pain is. Right. Or they think that, I remember... My mom had seen this gynecologist for like 20 years of her life and I went to him when I was having all these issues and he's like, you don't have pelvic pain. You only get pelvic pain after you've had babies. And then the doctor that I see now and the doctor I saw after said he's so completely wrong. Like young women can have pelvic pain. It has nothing to do with having babies. That was just a way that doctors in the olden days kind of, I guess, were taught. To, to treat or diagnose pelvic pain. But he was like, no, you're 20, 20, you're in your early 20s. Like, there's no way you have any sort of pelvic floor issues. It's like, okay. He was wrong. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know. It's crazy that all of these doctors are not trained. And you don't properly. know that they're not. And you don't, so right. my assumption going into all of this was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go to a gynecologist and they're going to have my answers mm-hmm. because... I figure you look at vaginas all day, every day, pretty much. That's your profession. You went to school for that. You know the ins and outs. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, you're totally wrong thinking that because they don't specialize in that. Yeah. And then you're just like, well, I just wasted my time coming to this doctor knowing that I'm going to have to go to a different doctor now and start all over again and tell them my symptoms all over again. And you literally sound like... A recording at this point yeah and you're you're you kind of get over it you're yeah. just kind of like okay that's it well, right like i want to feel just like up. no one can help you yeah but that's a horrible way to feel yeah <laughs> and it's, it's not true because like people there is there are doctors that can help you and there are so many women who have overcome these issues yeah when would you recommend that someone would go to like should go to a doctor when they're experiencing this i yeah. recommend actually now living through it yeah all. If married, not married, right. start getting yourself checked. Yeah, right away. Right away. Yeah. Whatever. Like, if you're entering college, go see a doctor. Yeah. Go. If, let's say, you're in a family that is not big on you disclosing certain issues, mm-hmm. go see a doctor. There's confidentiality yeah. with them. And just get yourself checked. And if a doctor tells you no, like, mm-hmm. I don't think we should do this, say, no, I want to do it. Yeah. Because... It's better for you to find out when you're younger and when you can start taking action about what's going on with you than 
waiting till like like now i feel like i've lost so much like about 10 years of my life that i could have done something Mm -hmm. about it and it's just like gone down the drain it's obviously a learning process but i wish somebody i would have heard stories before yeah i literally wish that and to this point where i i still research it i still try to find more stories yeah because you learn from everybody's story that they went through you know Mm -hmm. um my sister recently sent me a story about another girl from the muslim community who actually came out and wrote an article about her situation and she was married about i want to say i want to say give or take six months to a year Mm -hmm. and she ended up fine she saw so many specialists she was struggling with having sex and it turns out she had extra tissues in her vaginal area that she had to get surgically removed because that's what was standing in her way right so then now you're thinking of different options like okay maybe i have that issue too because no other doctor's thinking of that on your behalf right mm-hmm. and she literally had to say about six doctors before somebody told her it was which that. is no like a normal amount of doctors that you people, shouldn't have to exactly. see this many doctors i That's know a sad reality i know and she said ever since then she had her surgery done i think she said it was like four extra layers mm-hmm. of tissue mm-hmm. and had them removed and since then she's had three kids wow and life has been great. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, when I went to my gynecologist, I'm like, so could I have this issue? She goes, well, let's start one step at a time. Uh-huh. In my head, I'm like, I don't want one step at a time. I kind of want to just get it all over. Get with. it all done over. The What could I have? How do we start treating everything and yeah. anything that I could have? Yeah. I always say when I'm talking to people about any form of pelvic pain, I always say that it's so important to find a gynecologist who specializes in pelvic pain because they're really the only gynecologist. I don't want to say they're only, but they're the ones who really will be able to like understand what you're going through and who deal with this all the time because Mm -hmm. most gynecologists don't deal with people who have pelvic pain all the time. Yeah. So I just think that's so important. And I feel like if you can research specifically gynecologists who specialize in pelvic pain, they'll be able to help more so just because they're more familiar with with those issues. But another question that I have for you is, are there any specific questions that you think are good to ask a gynecologist when you're dealing with these issues or like questions that you found helpful to ask a gynecologist or that you wish you would have asked or I don't know? I think for me, probably, Mm -hmm. if anything, I wish I would have asked more about the pap smear. Yeah. With the early onset. Yeah. Um, I based it a lot off of, like, what one friend said. I've had sex, but it still hurts. It'll mm-hmm. always hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish, like, I would have probably dug a little bit deeper into beyond what the doctor was telling me of, like, yeah. you're not sexually active, so it doesn't really matter. Right. Um, because that shouldn't matter. I feel like, you know, yes, I understand our bodies are a little bit different, Mm -hmm. but who cares? Yeah. Um, I, I went into it blindsided. I literally had no clue about any pelvic pain issues. Right. Um, I just thought it was a personal problem with me and Mm -hmm. uh, probably a lot with my anxiety. Right. Maybe, I guess, the first step is doing a little bit more research on your... But you don't know to research the stuff. So and I researching guess kind is of hard. hard. Yeah. yeah. You 
Google will like tell you all kinds of crazy things. Yeah, WebMD will give you 10 different things that's yeah. wrong with you and yeah. you probably don't have any, any of that. Of those. I know. Um it's a tough question. Yeah, I don't know. Because again, mm -hmm. it's hard to know what to ask if you don't know what's wrong with you. I'll, I think just asking as many questions as you can yeah, is important. Like I just guess you understanding. Could say, like, is there a reason why I'm having excessive pain? Yeah. Is this normal? Mm -hmm. Are there any conditions that it could be? Um, and these, again, are generic questions. And then if they tell you, oh, it could be this, it could be that, then you're going to say, well, what does this mean? How is right. this going to affect me in the long term? What can I do to prevent it? Right. That's the only way for you to move on, I guess, and help yourself. And, yeah. Um, and then after that, you start researching it. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's those are the steps I followed because right. I had no other avenue to go. I Till this day, I haven't met somebody who has my same condition. I literally had no clue. Yeah. I actually found out about vaginismus um, from my friend who had read an article in Cosmopolitan, and it was about a girl um, who was Christian and decided to wait until marriage to have mm -hmm. sex. And her family, I guess, had thought it was like this crazy thing that she was waiting this long. But she's like, this is important to me, and I'm going to wait it out. Right. And six months in like she couldn't have sex mm -hmm. and she got depressed was seeing doctors psychiatrists psychologists literally Everything. everybody and then she got diagnosed with vaginismus right and that's how i learned about vaginismus so then when my first and your friend just happened to send you this article she happened we were talking i was telling her about my pelvic pain she goes oh my god i just read an article in cosmopolitan about this one girl who and that's was so describing the same symptoms yeah. and maybe this is what you have and i was right. like what are the odds? But it's it's so interesting because even when you talk about it, like, a little bit with one person, then you get, like, you learn more information. Yeah. Which is why I always say it's so important to talk about these things because you, you will find someone who will be able to help you at some point. Yeah. Or who will give you information or tell you something that helped you. So, yeah. And... It is, it's nicer to talk about it. Like, I was surrounded by a group of girls, all of whom had babies. Right. And one of them happened to mention that she needed physical therapy now for her pelvic area mm -hmm. because I guess after you have kids, like, right. everything gets jacked up in right. there. <laughs> and I was like, well, I didn't, I mean, you don't know until you get yeah. surrounded by people. And then another friend was like, oh, yeah, most doctors won't tell you this, but you will have to probably seek some kind of treatment after mm -hmm. the fact. And I'm like, well, yeah, you don't know. And some doctors don't share that with you. Your OB's not going to share that with you. Yeah. Because, again, maybe they're not specialized in that to tell you, hey, you need to go in for some therapy. Right. So you feel great down there again. Right. And you don't know unless you talk about it. Mm -hmm. And some people are shy and don't want to talk about it. It's a hard thing nervous. to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it took me... A a long time to talk to a lot of people about it yeah i mean i would probably say only a handful still know that i suffer from this right um but my goal is to enlighten some more people about it mm -hmm. i mean just so that they know yeah i mean it's always helpful to know more than to know less about something a hundred percent yeah how does your husband kind of like is he supportive or is he frustrated or what is his role in this? 
Um, he was very understanding. Yeah. That's something I always say that I've been blessed with mm-hmm. is an understanding and supportive husband. Mm-hmm. Um, to him at first, it was like, oh, no, there's nothing wrong with you. Right. Because he likes to think that way. He right. He likes to be a little bit positive. Yeah. And so that... Because he knows me, I freak out about everything. Yeah. And um, I overstress. Like, we're polar opposites. So for him, it's like, oh, it's not a big deal. And for me, I'm like, what do you mean it's not a big deal, yeah. you know? Um, so for him, it was just like, it's okay. It's not an issue. Like, I'm sure it's just because we're, we just got together and it's like all fresh. Like, don't worry about it. We yeah. can keep trying. Um, but for me, it's... I feel like I'm doing him an injustice. And mm-hmm. when I tell him that he he's always supportive and saying, no, no, it's probably me, you know? Mm-hmm. So he'll try to shift it onto him. Right. But other times I'm just like, well, we know it's not you. So right. obviously, like, he, he feels bad mm-hmm. that I keep going and seeing doctors. Yeah. And even with the physical therapy, I think part of it is also it's like, oh, when are you going to stop seeing doctors? And I'm like, well, when I get better, yeah. you know, I think for him, it's more like he, he feels my struggle yeah. in that, like when he, I have to make a doctor's appointment. And usually for him, it's like, I want you just to stay home and relax. And, you know, I feel like you're always on the go and you have so many doctor's appointments. And I'm like, it is what it is. That's the way my body was created. Mm-hmm. But I, it is tiresome for me yeah. to have to constantly be on the go. And your doctors aren't all within like a five mile radius. No. You know, like you're going out to Orange County, you're going out to LA, you're going out to Inland Empire. Mm-hmm. So for him, it's more of like concern. Like he wants me to be better and he prays for the best. Yeah. And I mean, he does what he can. Right. But I feel like it is helpful to have a supportive. Oh, husband. yeah. I feel like if, I mean, I'm not trying to pass judgment or stereotype, but if he was a different culture, mm-hmm. um, I feel um, it could have been different. Yeah. Because I'm in an interracial marriage. So obviously two different cultures. I feel like if it was more like a Middle Eastern guy, right. he would probably be a little bit more like, what's wrong? What is wrong with you? Right. I mean, get it together kind of deal. I mean, there was a point where I even had a friend once tell me when she found out I still hadn't had sex, she's like, what are you waiting for? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it hurts. Yeah. You know, I, I can't. And she's like, yeah, it's going to hurt, but just have him shove it in. And I'm like, I couldn't sound, process yeah. that. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean just shove it in? Like, If it hurt, you can't do that if it hurts. That. You can't. Yeah. You, like, and for me, I'm just like, why? I mean, what is pleasurable about that Nothing. at the same time? Like, yeah. At that point, you're suffering. And, and your husband's not going to want to have sex with you if he sees that you're in so much... Not like he's not going to want it, but he doesn't want you to be in that much pain. He doesn't want to hurt you. Right, he's not going to want to hurt you. Thank you. That's, I mean, that's my what I'm husband at some point one time saw me bleeding once and he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry yeah. I hurt you. Like, yeah. oh my God, let's just stop. And I'm right. like, it's kind of normal, I think, if right. it's like your first time. Right. So... I was like, you didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and because he was like freaking out because he was yeah. worried about me. But when she told me that, I was like, why would you want that for yeah. yourself? Like, you I wouldn't. definitely don't want it. I mean, I remember when I had that pelvic exam mm-hmm. with that um, first gynecologist mm-hmm. and she stuck her pinky in me. Let me tell you, I could not walk right that whole day. 
And I called my sister and I was like, I'm going to be a virgin for the rest of my life. You will not have any nieces or nephews. It was so painful, so painful and uncomfortable. I was literally walking with a limp and I was like, this can't be okay. Yeah. But like, I was like, this is what you guys enjoy. Like, because there's nothing enjoyable about this. So... I mean, do you have pain like during the day though? I'm curious. Like, no. So usually during the day you feel totally fine. You don't know. You don't think about. Um, tampons are not an issue for me anymore. Oh, they're not anymore. Yeah, literally love a tampon. Recommend that to everybody. Yeah, tell them get a jump start on it. It's the best thing ever. Um, I don't have any pain. Like, it's literally. It's so interesting. Yeah. So it's really only with sex. Yeah. Wow. Any touch in that yeah. area. Yeah. It's insane. Interesting. And that's the thing. Like, you don't know until you're exposed to a situation right. that would trigger the pain. Right. Because I had nothing to tell me that I suffered from this yeah. prior to a pap smear. Exactly, because you weren't conscious of it yeah. during the your I had normal nothing, day. Like, and, you know, I even, um, I was seeing a psychologist mm-hmm. for my depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And she, one thing she recommended to me, she's like, you just have to get comfortable with your body. Mm-hmm. And part of it is put your finger yourself, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you out of your mind like why would i do that right. like that sounds so weird she's like it's not a weird thing and i was like yes it is why would i stick my finger in me right she's like well that's part of the process like right you just gotta explore your body my gynecologist was like just sit in front of a mirror and stare at yourself i'm like i don't know how i feel about like yeah or maybe it's like a taboo thing in our culture i don't know if it's that or if it's that's a norm like do people do that all the time? I don't know because I don't sit and ask people that. Hey, right. do you sit in front of a mirror and look at your vagina all day? Like, yeah. But for me, when it was recommended to me, I was like, why? Yeah. But maybe it's supposed to help me. I I, I till this know. day, I still find it to yeah. be weird. And my sister's like, hey, well, have you done that? And I'm like, maybe once or twice. There was nothing great about it. Yeah. I was like, I still feel weird. I'm not a hundred percent comfortable with it and i guess that's another thing is you have to come to terms with it Mm -hmm. and maybe that will help the process but i feel at the same time you can relax yourself that way but it doesn't i don't think it takes away the pain yeah it's not gonna it's physical help but it's not gonna solve all of the problems yeah i don't know if you listened to an episode the episode i think it was the third episode my friend came on the podcast who I had known her from college in New York, and I saw her in my physical therapist's office. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what are you doing here? And she's like, what are you doing here? But she's super open, and she said she had painful sex, similarly to your issue. She had nothing during the, no pain during the day, no, nothing bothered her just when she had sex. It was really, really painful. Mm-hmm. And she went to my physical therapist for, I think she went for like two months. They did all internal work, and... She said she's, like, literally 100% better. That's amazing. Yeah. She said, like, her sec- her painful sex is... Go- she said she uses a dilator and she does certain, like, you know, she does her at-home stretches and the dilator. Mm-hmm. And she said if she doesn't keep up with it, well, it will come back a little, but she's fine. Now I'm just going to probably really reach out to that 
doctor in LA yeah. that was recommended to me so I, think you I should. could get some internal yeah. care. Yeah. Is there anything else that you you know, that's on your mind that you want to share or do you I think... just hope that yeah. people really talk about it more. Yeah. Um that's my wish because you just you don't want to feel like an outcast right. and kind of keep it bottled in. Mm-hmm. I think what that ends up leading to is depression. Yeah. Anxiety. Yeah. Um, and we already have enough going on in our lives that that's a, the last thing we need mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I, I would hope if doctors are all around are listening to this, yeah. really pay attention to your female patients yeah. because... It's just depressing how, like, how you get ignored. Yeah. You know, and you go in for, to get treatment and you're out within five minutes because the doctor just Mm -hmm. doesn't have time for you or Mm -hmm. doesn't know much about your symptoms or whatever it may be. It was, they'll just brush you off. So I would hope that more doctors take the time to really pay attention to us when we say, I have this pain Mm -hmm. or if you see it like firsthand with your patients don't dismiss it Mm -hmm. because it could be a lot worse and go on for another 10 years of their life and longer you know so I would just hope that we become a little bit more vocal about everything that's going on because we need to we need to um and what's so interesting also is I don't know how I waited so long to join these Facebook groups, but there's all of these Facebook groups. I don't know if you've joined any of them or like looked at into any of them. They're like pelvic pain, Facebook groups, pelvic floor dysfunction, vulvodynia, vaginismus. There's all these Facebook groups. Thousands of people are in them and it's literally people posting their stories. Every few hours, people are posting their stories. And it's so crazy to read because like I was sitting the other night just like reading these stories for hours. It just shows you how many people have these problems. I I would just recommend anyone join these Facebook groups because it really shows you how big of a problem this is. It makes you really realize that you're honestly not alone, that there's so many other people experiencing the same exact thing as you. It's fascinating. Thank you so much for being so open and so willing to talk about your story. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm glad I could kind of come and share a little bit. This was great. Share this episode with anyone who's listening who you think might benefit from hearing a story like this one or who's going through something similar. Um, and stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you. Thank you.